Here we go. Okay. So, um, good to see you all again. Really good to see you all. Um, now, um, yesterday, um, we looked at, we started our theme of hope and recognizing that we all have hope in different things, that the enemy of hope is fear, that a lot of us, sadly, we sort of, we do have different fears at different points for different reasons, okay? Um, but that there is hope in, in Jesus, and that is the only hope that can never be taken from us. And the more that we hope in him, the more that our hopes can remain as hopes and not become fears, okay? So today, like we've already talked about, you've already heard, we're going to be looking at how we live this hope out, our living hope, all right? So yesterday, I also introduced you to my friend, Brendan, who, if you remember, uh, is, is on a stand-up paddleboard, a sup, and he's going all the way around from Torquay, where I live, all the way around. He's been around Cornwall. He's been around Wales. He's been up past the northwest. He's been nearly all the way around Scotland, and he's nearly going to get to England again. Insane, okay? Um, and so we're going to dive straight in and hear from his his wife. Is this one working? Yeah, it is. Okay. So, um, that really in inspires me and really spoke to me. And I love the way something that she said in there. Um, first, I kind of find it fun, like, before you know it, he's in Scotland. And he is, and he's not just in, he's, he's nearly past it. Just yesterday, um, he was able to announce on social media that he's, he's just gone further than anyone else ever on a sup around mainland Britain. Insane, another world record. And he's taking it day at a time. And something that she said stood out to me and just sort of really helps me think about not just hope, but kind of what we're looking at today about getting through stuff. And when we have hope for something that seems like out of our reach, way out of our reach, something that she said, where she said, it's just taking it step by step and before you know it, and in that case, it was he'll be in Scotland. But whatever we are facing, I think that's, that's really good advice, you know, that whether it's something that we really want to happen but it just feels way, way out of our reach. Actually, my experience has been that God gives me not just like how to get right over there, but he knows how to get me there and he shows me what the next step is right in front of me. Or maybe it's something that we need to get through and I can't imagine a way through that, that situation whatever I'm facing. And again, God shows me the next step that I've got to take because he knows the direction that I need to go in and I can trust that he does. Okay, so, so this is the point where I kind of like get a bit, you know, open and honest and share my own story. Is that all right? Are you sure? Phew, I thought you were like, no, don't say it. Okay, so... Um, when I started secondary school, um, happy-go-lucky kid, just sort of, you know, whatever came my way, I was kind of up for it. And for whatever reason, there was two kids in my form who kind of wanted to make me their target. Anyone met people a bit like that, that kind of, like, want to make you their target? And you're like, why? What is wrong with me? Like, what have I done? And anyway, these, these two guys just used to come up with, like, stupid names. Like, they weren't even that bad, but... They said them so many times 
that it really started to get to me. And I was like, why, why are they doing this? What's the, what's the problem? I've not done anything to them. And it just sort of wore me down, you know? And so over years seven to nine, I, I kind of started to get, um, like, like it's been mentioned about today, started to get quite anxious in, in that setting. So like in my tutor group or in certain classes that they were going to be in, thinking, oh man, they're going to like make me the butt of the joke again and they're going to draw attention to any little thing that I get wrong. They're going to be like, hey, Tim's done that thing. Wee. And they're going to like bring it up next week and the week after. And it really got to me. And I was started to expect the worst all the time. Rather than being this happy-go-lucky guy that was kind of up for stuff, I'd be, I'd be on the edge, and I'd be, and I could feel myself getting like really uptight. And with that, because of that, in in school, kind of weirdly, mainly in school, not so much out, but it did start to happen out. I started to develop a really bad stammer. Okay, and I could hardly string a sentence together, and. It was one of these situations where if anyone's got a stammer or has had a stammer, it's really annoying. Like, it just happens at the worst time, and you're, like, looking at the person, and they're looking at you, and it's kind of awkward, and you're stuck on a word or stuck on a sound, and you just can't, you just can't move on. And, and, and you're thinking, oh, no, you're, you're waiting for me to move on. You're like, how do I get out of this situation? And I'm thinking, I don't want to be in this situation, but I can't make it stop. And it just carries on and carries on. It feels like eternity, which is probably only like a moment, like a millisecond. But similarly, you've probably been in situations where it feels like forever, that awkward moment. And like your mum's there and you're thinking, oh, this is so embarrassing. Oh, this is so embarrassing. And it feels like it's minutes and it's literally two seconds, right? You get what, what I mean by that, yeah? Yeah, yeah okay. So, um, I was in that sort of situation, and it was, it was getting difficult, but it got even worse when I got to year 10. In year 10, um, you don't need to know all the details, but basically, a guy beat me up, like properly beat me up. Um, he jumped me outside a geography class. I was coming out. He put on a, a knuckle duster, and he shouted my name. And just as I turned around, he swung, smashed me in the face. One punch. Um, but this guy was a scary dude. You know, like those guys that look 30, but they're actually 14, right? And he was that guy in my school. Even year 11s were scared of him. Um, and he hit me one punch with a knuckle duster, and he shattered my cheekbone, knocked me out for a moment. I, I, as I woke up, I hit the floor with the other side of my face. I didn't know what happened. I, you know, my, my head was spinning. Everyone was starting to gather around, like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? And I, I couldn't feel the side of my face. And long story short, I had to go to hospital. Um, I had to have surgery. And I was in hospital for about three days. And um, funny, funny moment. I, I, I was under general anaesthetic when they had to like redo this side of my face. And I woke up. If anyone's been in general surgery where you get put out cold, you know, like where you knocked out. Um, not like the doctor knocks you out, but they inject you. Just, just so you don't get worried. Um, and when you come round, you come round in, in the, what's called the recovery room. Right, and I woke up, and there's always a nurse in there to make sure you're all right. Okay, so I'm, I'm. This is me lying down. I'm, I'm led down like this, and I wake up. I've just opened my eyes, but I'm looking at there, so you can't see it. I wake up, and I think, oh, where am I? And I hear a voice say, "It's all right, dear. I'm over here." 
And I look across at the nurse, okay, and she's, she stood next to me. And as I look at her, she goes, oh, like that. <laughs> she was a rubbish nurse, I'm telling you, right? And, and basically, my, my face had swollen up so much that, like, my face was level from my forehead to my cheek and my nose. Like, my nose just went straight out like this. So I, I had, like, a slit like that where my eye was. And, and it didn't look very nice, but that scared me. Anyway, um, I, I was like that for a few days, and then the swelling went down. And once the, swe- the swelling went down, the white of my eye, it was kind of cool and freaky, the white of my eye was deep red, like, like blood red. So I looked like some sort of villain. It was kind of cool. It wasn't at all, but I'm just trying to you know, make it fun. Um, now, I got back to school about a week or two later, still bruised and stuff. The guy who did it, right, he got suspended for two days. And then, um, for whatever reason, my school wasn't great, just saying. Um, he still sat behind me every geography class for the rest of my GCSEs. So every day that I had geography, I was like a nervous wreck and didn't want to go, didn't want to go. I'm not going. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Sometimes I wait in the hallway down and I'd see them going in thinking, I don't want to go in, I don't want to go in, but I'd force myself to go in. And, and if I'm honest, actually, I do believe that it was God with me, helping me to do that. Um, even though it was terrifying, God helped me through it one step at a time. But what happened in that time was my stamina got really bad and I, and I, I just didn't know what to do with myself. And for, for, for a few years, to be honest, I, I started to distract myself with other things in the world. You know, different types of relationships, different things that we all know we shouldn't do, smoking and drinking and stuff like that. And I knew it wasn't good for me, but I, I wanted to distract myself because I couldn't take what was going on inside of me. Okay. And... I started to well, started, stayed involved with the local youth thing that I was part of, um, which in my early years, I'd not really felt like I'd got much out of it, to be honest. But it was when I was going through that, that I started to see, a little bit like Caitlin talked about earlier, that actually through staying connected with the church and through allowing people to pray with me and through like finding verses in the Bible, like I, I started to see how God was healing me on the inside. Like physically, I was, I was fine. You know, for a few months, I had a, a weird sensation in my face, but that went away. But I still had all this stuff going on. So I had anxiety. I, 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 I had genuinely like actual fear. Um, I also had unforgiveness. Like unforgiveness is really bad for us, right? I remember hearing this great, this great description of unforgiveness. When you, when you can't forgive someone and you hate someone, it's like you really hate them and you get some poison and then you drink it and you want them to suffer because it goes inside of you and it doesn't affect them. The guy that did that to me, he didn't care. He beat people up all, all the time. That was just what he was like. I was just one of his victims, but for me, it ate me up on the inside and it stayed with me for years. And it was only when I was um, probably about 18 that I really felt like God started to put his finger on stuff in my heart and stuff in my mind and says, you've got to get through this or it's going to mess you up. And I am with you. 
And, it, I, I, and I started to come across verses that really helped me. Okay, so one verse is in Hebrews 10, um, verse 23. Let us hold tightly to the hope we have. For he who promised is faithful. He who promises Jesus. You know, the promises that he's given. Maybe, maybe already in your life you've got certain verses that, that mean something to you. Or like leaders or like your youth leaders or whatever or trusted Christian friends. You know, they said like, oh, I feel like God wants to tell you that whatever, you know. As long as it's not like crazy. Um, these can be promises that we hold on to when, when times are tough or when we, we need like something to hold on to, a hope for the future. You know, we, we, we hold tightly to that hope because the one who promises us is faithful. Another one, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. I felt so weak when I was going through that. I felt so weak and and it really sucked. You know, like life would just like, ah, life sucks sometimes. And, and you know, there's no, there are no false promises coming from this venue to say that, honestly, be a Christian. Your life's going to be easy. That is not the, like, that is not a thing. That's not in the Bible. Life can be tough sometimes. The promise is not that it won't be tough, but that when it is tough sometimes you will have someone who will never leave you who will who will always be with you who will always cheer you on who will always stand with you and fight whatever you are fighting with you okay every single moment of every single day and even when you're asleep he the bible promises that he intercedes for us which means praise for us how cool is that the spirit prays for us the holy spirit prays for us even when we're asleep and the stuff going on inside of us God is speaking out good things over us. I'm, I'm encouraged by that. Anyway, uh, another one you might have heard before. Some like famous sports people have it tattooed and stuff like that. How deep it goes, I don't know. I, I really hope it is deep. But Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not just a mantra for success. It's not just like quote the Bible and you'll win. Again, it doesn't work like that. But it's, it's about having this strength that even when we're weak, God is our strength. And he walks with us and he gives us strength even when we feel like we can't do it ourselves and we can't carry on. And the last one that I, I sort of had as a memory verse that I, would, that I would speak out of myself when I felt like, you know, I just need to get through this. Like, have I not commanded you, be strong be courageous, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you may go. Like, wherever you go. This is, that God spoke to Joshua, the book of Joshua, right at the start. You can read it yourself if you want. Joshua takes on leading the people of Israel. In the Old Testament, we follow their story all the way through. And Joshua becomes the new leader. He's like the new kid on the block who doesn't really know what he's doing. And he's taken on the mantle of leadership from this dude who's led so faithfully and done all these miraculous things. And he becomes the new leader. And God says, have I not told you, be strong, be courageous, for I will be with you wherever you go. He's about to walk into battle and God speaks that over him. Now, sadly, all of us do face some sort of struggles. You know, I'm not, I don't want to be like Mr. Doomsday. You know, I don't want bad things to happen to any of you at all. And maybe you'll go through life and it'll be a breeze, okay? But the, the odds are that at some point, sadly, you're going to have a difficulty to face. And it's different for all of us, you know, for all of us it's different. I've been doing um, youth and schools work for the last 20 years, oh my days, um, 
And I've realized, actually, my story of bullying, both verbally and physically, is, is kind of unique. Because, you know, even though we all experience bullying in different ways, the extent to which I experienced it, there's not many people that I meet that have experienced that, which I'm really pleased about. It's not like a, a badge that I wear with honor, but it's a story that I want to use for good rather than have it in my life and I just can't talk about it because I have been healed from what I went through. And as I mentioned earlier, I had a really bad stammer. It does come back every now and again. The odd word, the odd sound. But when I was about 14, I remember God saying to me, I was in a meeting a little bit like this. I was sat down the back, messing around probably. And all of a sudden, the guy that was speaking just caught my eye. And this voice in my head, it wasn't audible, like I couldn't actually hear it, but it was just in my head and it was louder than the guy speaking. And this, this, this voice just sort of said, you're going to do that one day. I'm going to use you to speak to people and talk to them on my behalf. You're going to prophesy over them. You're going to tell them things they don't know about themselves. You're going to teach them the Bible. And I said, you are joking. You don't know what I've been through. What a, what a no way. Because I couldn't see past the problems that I was facing and I couldn't see past what I had become because of my circumstances. And it took me a couple of years before I told my youth leader at that time, God bless him, Dave was a, a legend. <laughs> it sounds like he's dead, he's not dead. But he, he I've just not seen him for about 15 years. Um, but he, he, he saw an opportunity and he said, come on Tim, I believe that. I know you don't, but I believe that. I want you to talk at the next meeting. And suddenly, ah, ah, no, 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 no. Um, it wasn't the next one, but a few weeks later, with a bit of help, I got up when I was about 16 years old and I preached the first time. And it, it wasn't amazing, but I did it. And man, when I did it, it felt so good. It felt so good. Yeah, man. And I got off and it was a feeling that I couldn't deny. And it was better than any other situation, any other rule I could break or law I could break or, or, or mischief that I could get up to. That sense of the Holy Spirit using me. Oh man, there is, honestly, there was nothing like it. If you're brave enough to do the thing that scares you, that God asks you to do, and you do it, oh, the sensation that you get from honoring God's call on your life is, is unmatchable. It is unbeatable. It's the best thing to live within that. And so I'm really, I'm really glad that for the last 20 years, that's basically what I've done. I talk all the time, sometimes probably too much. But God uses me to talk to people like you, despite 20 years ago thinking, I am never going to speak in front of anyone, ever. Now, being on stage and being able to speak isn't success. Success looks like whatever God asks you to do. Full stop. Just need to throw that in there because sometimes people always aim for the microphone. That's not helpful, okay? Um, it was a way that God brought me back from a dark place. Okay, we're going to revisit my mate Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I introduced the guys yesterday to this, this amazing guy who was executed in the Second World War because he stood up against 
the, the baddies, the Nazis, and said, no, my God is not like that. And they tortured him and they ended up killing him on the 9th of April in 19, I think it was 44 or 45. Now, he says this, from the human point of view, everything can look hopeless. But Jesus sees things with different eyes. Instead of seeing people as mistreated or wicked or poor, he sees the ripe harvest field of God. The hour has come for these people to be brought back into the kingdom of God. Where the proud religious leaders, some people, they saw only a field trampled down, burned and ruined. But Jesus sees the fields waving with corn ripe for the kingdom of God. The harvest is great, but only Jesus can see, through his mercy, can see that ripe harvest field. Now, obviously, we've got a metaphor going on here. God doesn't actually see us as corn. That's kind of strange, isn't it? Um, but I know that sometimes in my life, I felt looked at in a way that's like, oh, it's just him. What can he do? You know? But actually, God saw something in me. And the longer that I spend with God, the longer that I feel like God gives me that same sort of sight. I love that phrase, um, Jesus sees things with different eyes. He sees things with different eyes, you know, like that, that ripe corn in the field. If you've ever seen like a, a corn uh, field or like a wheat field, you know, and it's just like moving in the breeze. Looks so much better than those fields that they have to burn, you know, and there's just all the ash on the floor. And sometimes we can feel like that. There's those three categories that, that Bonhoeffer talked about, like being mistreated or, or being wicked. He just means, you know, people that make mistakes, do the wrong thing. I have done the wrong thing so many times. Or poor, where life just gives us a bad hand and it just doesn't work out for us. It's not that other people do it. It's not that we do it. It's just that life is hard. And we can all fall into one of those three categories or more, right? But Jesus sees things with different eyes. And the longer that I'm with him, the longer that I see it as well. And I honestly mean it when I look at you and I, I see opportunity and I see hope and I see gifts and I see potential. And not just in the future, but in the right now. Not just like, well, when you're 20 or when you're 30 or when you're 40, but whatever age you are, right now, God can use you. God can use you. Your prayers are just as powerful as anyone else's in this whole festival. You know, you know names that you might recognize in worship bands or speakers that have come from America. Your prayers are just as powerful as theirs if you know Jesus and you can pray to him. It's the same God we serve, and it's his name that counts, the name of Jesus. Not Tim's, not, not Mark's, not Anna's. Not, it's not our name that counts. It's his name. It's the name of Jesus. Okay? And that gives me hope. Because no matter what I've been through, no matter what I face, like Caitlin shared this morning, like I've just shared, you know, like many of you could maybe share, no matter what we walk through, it is God that is faithful, and it's him that gives us that hope. That's really good news. And that, that helps me live out that hope. No matter what we go through, we can do that. Okay. So I think you'll be happy to know, because I'm getting really hot in here. Um, 
that's me done. But I'm just going to pray, okay? I'm going to pray for us. Is that all right? Father God, I, I pray that in this moment that maybe some of us here have, have got stuff that we're, we're dealing with, got stuff that we are, are facing, and, and we feel like there's not maybe a way through. Lord, I thank you that, that you, we can trust you with the next step. And I pray for anyone here feeling like that, I pray that they're, they're brave enough to take that next step that you show them. Or maybe, God, there are some of us here that, that have a dream, that have a hope of, of, of doing something with their lives that they're, that they're really excited about. Or, or like me when I was 14, you said, I'm going to use your voice. And I didn't believe it. Maybe there's people here that, that have felt like that that have said, I'm going to do this with your life, or I'm, I, want to, I, I want to give you these gifts to, to help these kind of people or do that kind of thing, and, and they don't believe it. Well, God, I, I want to stand with them, and I want to believe with them that, that they can trust you to take that next step. For me, it was telling my, my youth leader, Dave, Lord, I pray that they have a Dave. Lord, I, I pray that they have someone that they can actually speak out those words, I feel like God's asked me to do this thing, but I'm too scared. And that they stand with them and believe with them and help them start to take those steps towards that dream. So, Father God, I, I just pray your name of Jesus over those two situations. Because it's not my name that counts, but it's yours. And I'm so thankful for that. Because it's not about me. It's not about my strength or what I can do. It's all about you. It's all about your gifts. And it's all about what you can do through us. So we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.